0: Welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast, where the conversation is about fresh ministry ideas and innovative ministry approaches. I'm Dennis Weens, your host, Senior Impact Catalyst at Sat7USA. I invite you to visit our website, sat7usa.org, to learn about broadcast media in the Middle East and North Africa. When you do international ministry and development, what is the best approach? The model of ministry a ministry operates by will drastically affect its ministry's impact. How are the development ministries you follow doing? Are you noticing if they are actually making a real difference in achieving their goals? My guest today is doing international development and their tagline is, because how you help matters. I was intrigued, and I'm sure you are as well. So I invited Tim Brockup to join me on this Unconventional Ministry podcast to explain. Tim's Amovo Group is a nonprofit development organization that exists to see broken systems fixed in communities all over the world. So welcome, Tim Brockup to the Unconventional Ministry podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Dennis. I, uh, I consider it an honor to be here.
0: You know, to see broken systems fixed in communities around the world, You've taken on a huge task.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, the the biggest thing, and we've chatted a little bit about this offline, is you can't, you know, you don't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and you can't change the world with one thing. And in fact, you know, when you're talking about systems and things that aren't working, it's generally pretty complex, right? Um, right you can't just fix it with one thing. You can't just put a water well in a village in Burkina Faso and expect for, you know, poverty to be gone or, you know, whatever that that village or that community is struggling with. It usually is a myriad of different things. Um, That's why we talk about, you know, we focus, it's not just physical systems, but it's emotional systems, it's spiritual systems that are broke, that have to be addressed. Um, And, uh, you know, we're not the only people doing
0: it. (laughs) So, right. um, well, you're, you're the founder of the Amavel uh, Group. It's a Latin yeah. word, I understand. Yeah, uh, Amavel. Amavel. People probably pronounce it different ways.
1: Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's never pronounced the way that we probably intended it, but that's okay.
0: And you're also the director of sales and business development at Blink Tech Solutions, and uh, that's a whole other podcast sometime. You and I are actually TCKs, Third Culture Kids. Uh, also known as MK, and even sometimes we're referred to as global nomads because of our love of travel and cultures. We actually went to the same school in Africa, uh, International Christian Academy in Cote d'Ivoire, and we were actually dorm parents at the school when your older brother Peter was a high school senior. So that dates me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was many moon ago, for sure. Yes, so glad to have you on here, and I read on your website uh, because How You Help Matters. So in this podcast, we want to unpack what that what that means. So let's start right at the core. I was intrigued by the tagline, because how you help matters. So let's start there. What did you notice that uh, helped you create this new approach to doing international development?
1: Yeah, I mean... I think I would, I don't know if I'd say new. Um, I learned a lot of this from just my experience, as you already mentioned, growing up in Gabon, West Africa, um, and then going back there and working as a international worker. And, you know, the, the thing that was always hard for me to see is is when you'd go into a village and there would be a sort of an abandoned building that used to be a clinic or a school building or, you know, you name it, even churches, right? Um, mm-hmm. and I was wonder like why, like why, like what happened that this thing is no longer in operation? And as I began to sort of, you know, like you said, wander and see more and more of what's going on in the world, I realized that for me, it had to do with the, you know, the way that you thought about. Um, putting that first block or stone in place, like understanding, you know what what the long term outcome was supposed to be in regards to operations, right? Right. Um, how 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 are you going to pay for the lights? Who's going to pay for the books? Who's going to pay the teachers? How are you going to get medicine? Or, you know, who's going to who's going to pay for the pastor? Who's going to where's the pastor going to live? Um, you know, those things are you, you sort of you what we started doing is the is starting with the end in mind and working backwards. Right. Um and so the thing, you know, how you help is is really about the way that you engage and the way that you think and the way that you um sort of go about you know trying to accomplish whatever you're trying to you're trying to do. Um uh so for us in engaging those conversations it is talking about okay well how are you know in 20 years how are local assets or resources going to be funding the operations of, of this? Right. And again, that's anything you're doing, whether it's a school church, you know, a a water well, anything that you're doing um, fundamentally the, there has to be funding at a local or certainly regional level to, to keep that going. It can't be funding that's coming from the West or, even outside the country or whatever. So, I mean, it's not rocket science. It really isn't. Um, it's just really starting with the end in
0: mind. Now, you mentioned uh, your work in Gabon. Uh, I worked 20-some years. We were in Mali, uh, which is West Africa. and know we go into towns, and you see once the funding stopped, the project stops, you see yeah. abandoned cars, uh, abandoned four-wheel drive vehicles, abandoned buildings, abandoned wells. And uh, there really is a needs to be a new approach. And uh, with starting like you guys do with the end in mind, you got to look at local assets. What do they have available? And then start building uh, and helping them with local assets for asset based development. Yeah. Where many Westerners, I think, just think if we put money, throw money at the project, uh, that's going to solve the problem. Money. There's a place for money but it doesn't solve problems
1: No, And in fact, I would, I would say that it complicates them a, a lot of the time. Um, Cause the other, the other component is, and you know, again, not rocket science, but is developing ownership over a solution. Like how do you arrive at this being a solution to a problem? Well, you know, again, the way that you arrive there is the person who's has the problem has to understand it's a problem right i mean right. It's, the, it's the old adage right like the you know the most important first step to anything is identifying that it's a problem now coming in from the outside we often can see a problem or identify a problem pretty quick just like you know you, we you know if you live in a house longer than Three or three to five years you don't see the crack in the ceiling or the wall but someone new that walks in sees it right away um but the challenge is is that problem has to be identified also by the the people that it's a problem for and in fact it's a waste of time for me to identify a problem and then solve it and then expect somehow that they're going to you know continue that that whatever the impetus was behind that it has to be something that's identified also by by local people that that's a problem they want to solve it
0: um, what i like about your approach is you're multifaceted because you start with local leaders you look for local solutions and you identify local assets and resources yeah they have for what you want to accomplish so that's really good uh you you talk about identifying broken systems and you've already alluded to this, uh, give us some specific examples. How do you go in and identify what's broken? And then how do you start working?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I would say that we don't identify it. Um, right. It's, that's, that's a good point. Um, our main goal or job is to develop relationships. We call them a person of peace. It's someone who's influential in a community develop relationships with that person. And over the course of time of asking questions, um, they will self-identify those problems. It's not something that we have to identify for them, even though it might be glaringly obvious for us what's going on. The reality is we are still looking at them through a lens that is not necessarily, um, well, it's certainly not a local lens because we're not from there. We can't, you know, perspective requires a change Change of perspective requires a change of position, and we can't change our position as an American coming into uh, you know a village in you know sub-Saharan Africa or you know a community in Leogon, Haiti. So um, early on, uh, one of our main we had a, a pretty big uh, donor funder who helped us develop. It was really an approach with this, a bunch of questions that we used where we would, in essence, um, find that person of peace, and then we create this assessment process uh, where we, we help them with a series of questions that they then can go through the community and ask these questions and identify, oh, yeah, this is actually what's going on. Now, that process, and you know, I, I wish I could say that we do that every time, and it's perfect, And but it's it's a very, you know, in a perfect world, that's how it would happen. But ultimately, at the at the fundamental base of it is this idea that um, communities don't always actually know what the problem is. Um, and so our job is to ask questions and to help them self-identify. Um, and sometimes, you know, we, we might think something's a problem. That's not a problem. Right. right. Um, we have, you know, hundreds of stories of, you know, I, I thought it was a problem, so I fixed it. And then, you know, it was actually created 10 other problems because it wasn't really a problem.
0: So you're, you're not just flying in for a week's trip. Uh, you're spending a lot of time drinking tea under the mango tree, uh, getting to know them, building trust, building relationships. And it's in that long-term relationship building that you begin to identify where they're expressing need and the hope that they need. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, you know, we have staff in lo- all of our locations around the world, and they're embedded Um, Some are Western staff, some are um, indigenous. Uh, They're from that country that we're working in. Um, But the whole idea is, again, that we don't identify problems or even solutions um, or even the assets or the resources, you know, to make those solutions happen. That's something that we really just engage in a process of a lot of questions and a lot of uh, listening cause ultimately it has to be owned at a local level. Right. Um, and it's, you know, again, it's not rocket science, but now the flip side of that, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about development earlier is that this process takes years, right? It doesn't take two weeks. You can't just helicopter in, dig a well and then leave. You know, I would say that if that well is a water well is going to be effective, it has to be again, a local solution. That's, that's funded locally and sometimes that takes two years right mm-hmm. um and it's it, yeah it could be as something as simple as a you know a thousand dollar water well um but in order for that to be sustainable and successful and make impact over the next 10 15 20 30 years you can't just go on and drill a well and leave um yeah so it takes time
0: so imagine we have a podcast listener they've always wanted to be an in international development If they wanted to get involved with you guys and what you're doing, where can they get more information? What's their first step?
1: First step is, I mean, just to head over to our website, uh, amoveogroup.org, A-M-O-V-E-O group, G-R-O-U-P.org. And you'll have opportunities um, to visit our locations, um, see what we're doing, um, and then also all, all of our projects and explanations of who, like where we're working, how we're working, are on that website. You can get a hold of me there. Anyone from our team?
0: So U.S. based people that want to get involved, they raise support. or you got funding for that? Uh, how does that work?
1: It's a both and model. Um, so uh, our teams, you know, our our staff on the ground, some are completely. We have some Western staff that are working in places that are professionals and they generate their own income by by doing a job wherever they're at. We have some that raise their their support 100% um, out of U.S. churches. So it really, um, you know, that changes depending on, you know, where you are, what you're doing, what your background is, things like that. So um, ultimately, we'd love to be able to figure out funding systems that would allow for our staff to be, again, sustainable, self-funded you know funded in a way that they don't have to raise support U.S. side.
0: Well, very good. Tim, this yeah. has been very interesting uh, information for me. I thank you for what you're doing for Africa and uh, many other places around the world. What are some of the geographical areas of the world that you're working in?
1: So we... Uh, I mean, this is, you know, again, interesting. So we have uh, projects in Burkina Faso. We have projects in Ireland. We have projects in Haiti. We have projects in Jamaica. We have projects in Mexico, have projects here in Philadelphia where, where our headquarters are based. Um, and then we we have finished up stuff. We were in El Salvador, finished up a project there, finished up a project in Cambodia. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's it's very scattered, uh, but the focus is very small from the standpoint of, you know, we're not trying to change a country. We're trying to change a village or a community. And so it, it gets scattered.
0: So I appreciate uh, that. Uh, give your website again. And I think you have a Facebook group as well where people can yep. join through Facebook. Give those contacts again. And we'll put those uh, contacts and websites and Facebook groups in the notes as well for this podcast.
1: Perfect amoveogroup.org, A-M-O-V-E-O group.org. And then uh, same thing, we have Instagram and as well as a Facebook group you can jump on and get updated on. So yeah, that's the easiest
0: way. So Tim, thank you for joining the Unconventional Ministry Podcast to share. This is very exciting.
1: Uh, Thanks so much, Dennis. Appreciate you having me on.
0: This is the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends and leave a comment. Sat7 is a Middle East and North Africa broadcast media ministry, making God's love visible and the gospel available to everyone in the Middle East and North Africa. Sat7 USA has resources in helping you honor God while protecting your family. You can avoid another regret, which is the failure of not creating an estate plan. Through a partnership with Financial Planning Ministry, Sat7 USA provides Christian experts to assist you in preparing your will, or trust, all at no financial cost to you. Visit www.sat7usa.org and click on the tab Planned Giving for more information. SAT-7 simplifies the process and makes it easy for you so that your family and friends don't have to bear the burden and regret of your failure to create an estate plan. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast.